this thing. No title again. Is it rolling, Bob? Hope you heard that. Yeah, that means it's a start of a clip, and this clip is the start of the uh, the Dixon Jeans podcast that you will be listening to a week from now. It's number 983, 983, and it is um, Sunday, February 4th, and it's uh, 2.30 in the afternoon, and I am at the Burkdale Ravine. There, I'm giving you all the information you need just to sort of put me in a spot. I even used my watch to uh, for the location to see the little map to see what's that road that I'm beside that's so busy. And I think we agreed it's McCowan. Would that be right? <laughs> or Ellesmere. No, maybe it's Ellesmere. Anyway, that doesn't really matter all that much. Uh, to you, at least. It's another, another glorious day. We've had the most beautiful winter here in terms of sunshine and, uh, you know, one big snowfall and bam, it was gone. And so I'm able to get out and get all these walks in yesterday. I think I got over 5,000 kilometers, something like, I mean 5,000 kilometers, <laughs> steps. And uh, that was pretty good. Pretty pleased. Let me look at that here. Come on, yesterday, here's a, you know, 5,866 steps. That translates as 4.3 kilometers. So that's pretty damn good. I've uh, only got started today. I'm up to 3,000 steps already. So I aim for 4,000 a day, uh, whether, you know, if the weather is nice. And uh, like I say, any, anyway, 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 Jesus, Ken. Back to things that count. Things that count. Tim Coyne. Does anybody remember Tim Coyne? He was the host of the Hollywood podcast. He did a fabulous photo exhi- exhibit uh, project of uh, payphone booths in Los Angeles taken at night with proper gear. I mean, they were just amazing. So he, he, he's an artist and sort of famous. There was one episode in particular of the Hollywood podcast where describing his kind of his nervous breakdown when he was a waiter poolside serving, I guess, important people. Uh, wonderful guy. And, and we all got to be friends through him coming to PAB, Podcasters Across Borders. And so last night, for reasons I don't know why, I went back through sort of my back catalog uh, to see if you, maybe if you Google Scarborough Dude, oh, you might find a podcast I used to do called Having Said That. Uh, there were a couple of others. There was Baby Sally Talks and Sally Talks and uh, other, you know, tried to put put out polite versions of Dixon Jane's. That didn't last very long. Um, but having said that, I interviewed friends. And uh, Tom, uh, Fog Tom, for one of them, of the Fog Lounge in Windsor. But I did three, or at least three, with Tim. And they were really good. <laughs> I, I, I guess good in the sense that it was comfortable, relaxed, a lot of pushing back and forth, teasing a little bit. And I guess the reason I, I was touched by it was because I haven't had any contact with him for years now. Like, he's kind of lost. He, he got he got work in, in Hollywood. 
uh, not acting. I mean, he was also an actor. I mean, that's what it was all about. Well, this guy's going to get into the scene and did get a few parts here and there. Uh, just like um, Dan, um, Dan, gosh, now I've forgotten his name, who did uh, The Bitterest Pill. Dan Class, of course. Uh, they were good friends. And uh, so these were the big-time boys of the early days of podcasting, and it was pretty exciting. So anyway, finding just finding that, hey, they're out there. Uh, nobody will ever find them. Uh, nobody will go back and look for them. But clearly they were fun to do at the time, so that's my little bit of nostalgia that I'm sharing with you. Um, I, they, they go back to 2015, 2016, and, and I guess even earlier when I was, you know, I had I had a little more energy, I guess. We're talking almost 10 years ago. And was trying to start new things. Maybe I felt I'd hit a rut with Dixon Jeans and it was time to talk to real people. Um, anyway, put that aside for now. Uh, an apology for those who may have sensitive ears. I realized, especially in my last podcast, how often I use, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, for Christ's sake. Oh, for fuck's sake. Jesus Christ. But especially the Jesus Christ. I don't mind the fuck part. But probably that's not a good thing to be seeing all the time. It would be putting off-putting for some people. Certainly my parents would be very upset if they ever heard any of my podcasts. But uh, for that alone, you know, Jesus Christ. And it's it's only, it's just words. There's no connection to uh, J.C. himself, who, who I like still like to think of as a kind, holy, wise man who had the answer. Um, I just don't get all a bit about, you know, him being God and God sending him down. And uh, I just know he sounds like, if it was real, he suffered a, a viciously cruel death by those fucking Romans. How do you get law and order? Well, you just have you just use cruelty against people and uh, scare them to, into obedience. Um, anyway, um, but yeah, I should try and break that habit. Oh, for fuck's sake! Finally, that's okay. Oh, for fuck's sake, man! That's all right, you know. But Jesus Christ! God damn it! Fucking assholes! That's not good. Okay, so I'm just making a conscious effort. Uh, if I tell you about it, it may um, it may help, you know. So, uh, and if you are offended, doubtful, but if you were, uh, my apologies. So, uh, listen, I'm uh, sitting on a bench right near the end of this trail, and uh, there's a lot of people going by. So, if I suddenly start talking more quietly, it's because I really don't want to share everything I have to say with the rest of the world. Um. But, uh, and of course, a lot of people find it a little odd to see a man sitting on a bench, clearly talking to himself. Uh, I'm going to rejoin this. I've, I've done my steps. I'm, I'm at, this is a halfway mark. This is the walk I used to take just for a change. I was going to go to Thompson and I just, oh my God, I'm there so often. Anyway, God, I don't want to waste, 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 waste your time and mine with inconsequential words. Now, I do want to say something about my last podcast. I, I always give every podcast a title and a picture, and I choose carefully. Um, and last one, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't find a title for it, and I had a couple in place, you know, uh, sell out Ontario and so on. And it wasn't until just when I was already logged in to, um, to you know, place the link manually as I do, making my uh, XML file, that everybody's, wait a minute, 
I'll call it disservice Ontario. It's not service Ontario, which is what it was all about. It's disservice Ontario. And it just came to me, and I'm very glad that I waited. But So my point being, uh, in case you don't notice, and I'm sure you don't, I do, even though the talking bit like I'm doing now is non-rehearsed and just a, a lot of babble a lot of the time, I do care about the overall end product and how the pieces fit together and the transitions and I do it to the microsecond of the overlap between the different clips and the song that comes in or fades out and I will use the fade in, fade out and I will move that thing in audacity I will expand it so I can see each word or the wave for each word and cut something off or slide it back the slightest amount, play it back, no, slide it back a little more, no, slide it forward a little bit, till it's exactly what I want. That's how fastidious I am about these things. And I know it probably doesn't make a whole lot of difference to you, but but I want to tell you, if it appears sometimes I don't care about this podcast, that's not true at all, never has been true. I care deeply about this podcast. So I think I'm going to leave it at that. I think that's uh, just a a start. I did uh, connect my phone to um, my wife's car, so I may get back into the car and do a little transition there with some music. I am enjoying still my AI DJ he sounds like a, a a black hipster, if there's such a thing, and uh, with his voice. And I'm gonna lay on a few tracks for you, and, and, and it's it's just kind of fun. And uh, you know, he went from uh, gosh, a whole lot of rock and roll, and then into folk, and and he changes it up. It changes it up, um, but to the point that that's the way I like it. And so I'm getting a lot of stuff that uh, that I'm I'm pleased with. I'm entertained by. So this whole concept of uh, me surrendering to an AI. Because remember, if you listen back, just only a few episodes ago, before Christmas, before I had uh, this thing called Spotify, I was on and on about how much I loved Shuffle on my selection of albums some the music i have that i've hand chosen and put in there on my phone you know nothing is better than that and now i'm finding oh i've brought none of it but that's 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 the lesson of life and that's something again both the sons taught me the one son who's i'm getting you a watch no i don't need a watch no i don't want one no it's no never mind and the other one totally surprising me by getting me spotify and then reminding me to try out this try out that so I, I'm just still grateful to both my sons for uh, you know, giving me a little bit of a shot in life. And, and I guess if, if you haven't noticed, uh, <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, I'm generally pretty fucking happy these days. I'm very content. I'm very comfortable at home. Uh, there's some routines, my time with my cat, my uh, time to sit and read. I made a... Uh, checklist of all 25 books uh, by uh, Ian Rankin on uh, uh, D.I. Rebus, uh, the uh, detective, uh, Scottish detective, because I was losing track of which ones I've read and which ones I haven't, and was delighted to find my local library, the Bendale, had a, a whole new set of books I haven't read yet, including all his latest, so uh, now I've got a nice little checklist that I can mark, yep, yeah, read that one, read that one. Because uh, it's like watching old movies. Jazz, I don't know if I've seen this or not, you know, and uh, find out you have. Uh, final note, 
my wife did not like my new glasses, uh, the sunglasses I bought for four dollars yesterday. Putting them on now, and man, I really like them. They're they're sort of transitions in that darker at the top, lighter at the bottom, and it means it really does when you look down at your dash, you can sort of see things a little easier because it's it's a little more clear. I think it's a great buy for four bucks. But then I just got a um, an email from Barnacle Bill. He said, never mind those cheap ones. Pay a little money and get a decent pair so that you protect your eyes from these dangerous UV rays. So, uh, you know, who knows? Oh, final, final, final. I went into Shoppers. I thought, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try the Shoppers Drug Mart routine where you just, you can buy a pair of uh, sort of prescription glasses but already done for your specs, you know, for my reading glasses, and they'll be cheaper. But then you look at them, and they're all brand names, Foster Hewitt and uh, Joe Fresh and uh, somebody else, can't remember. And I think, oh, fuck, you know, so you're paying a premium, you know, 30 bucks anyway for just cheap little plastic glasses. Um, but my prescription was plus 2.25. So I look on the, the go through the, each of every set they've got there. Oh, 3.75. Wow. 3.50. 325. 3275. 250. 2. You notice something? They had everything except for 2.25. And it wasn't just that they were sold out. They just don't exist on all three, three brands that particular prescription and it made me think god did my um optometrist give me something so that i couldn't buy those things because i tried a couple of pairs and they're not quite right and i think i'm not going to spend 30 bucks for something that isn't even what is my prescription so there's your final glasses update no it's not your final because i'm still not over eventually i'm going to have to get a pair but uh, how am i going to do it and now damn it my feed on Facebook and Reels and everywhere else is nothing but ads for glasses. Jesus, eh? Oop, oop. There. I did that kind of... That was a nice Jesus. It wasn't a bad... It wasn't an angry Jesus. It was just, Jeez, it, it really should have been a... Jeez, eh? Jeez, guys. Come on, eh? Don't do that anymore, eh? Jeez. Okay. Scarborough Dude signing off. Bye for now. Today we speak about the fraying world order. We discuss the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq, the problems with nation building, the problem of our cultural ignorance when trying to build nations, tolerance for corruption, our catastrophic withdrawal from Afghanistan, the role that Islam played in our failures in Afghanistan and Iraq, conspiracy thinking, the influence of social media, cults of martyrdom, the war in Ukraine, the age of populism, Trump and the future of NATO, Brexit, the current state of politics, and finally, the work he's doing at Give Directly. Apologies for my voice. I was still fighting a cold or whatever it was, but I'm now recovered. And now I bring you Rory Stewart. I am here with Rory Stewart. Rory, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. I am a, um, a fan of your work. I, I remember your, I don't know if it was your first book or not, The Places in Between, but uh, I read that some time ago when it came out. And your new book or, or newish book is How Not to Be a Politician which um, covers very different terrain, but um, is no less interesting. Let's just start with the with your background here, because it is fascinating and um, just so unconventional. How would you describe your um, career so far? And uh, we're going to take it in pieces. I, I do want to take you back to Afghanistan to start. So uh, yeah, please tell people who you are. 
Well, thank you, Sam. So I'm, I'm British. I was born in Hong Kong and, and grew up in Malaysia. I joined the British Army when I was 18, served very briefly, and then I went to Oxford University. And then I was moved into the British Foreign Service, the equivalent of the State Department. And I served in Indonesia. I served in Yugoslavia just as the time of the Kosovo War. And then I took two years off to walk across Asia. So I walked across, well, from, from Turkey, across Iran, Afghanistan, Pakistan, India and Nepal. I walked for about 21 months. I walked 25, 30 miles a day, stayed in a different village house every night. So I think I stayed in 550 different village houses Mm. on the walk. And then I returned and was posted to Iraq, where I was uh, made the acting governor of a province in southern Iraq after the US invasion. And then I became a professor at Harvard. And then I became a British politician and a cabinet minister. And I ran to be prime minister against Boris Johnson and was defeated. And I now work with a nonprofit called Give Directly. And I'm also a professor at Yale. Mm. Yeah, as I said, it's a thrilling bio. There are okay. Uh, no I'm going to um, fade that out in the background. Uh, that is quite a uh, quite a CV, indeed. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I just I had to. I just listened to this the entire uh, episode uh, with Sam Harris. It was called Hubris, Hubris and Chaos, episode number three hundred and fifty-two, making sense with Sam Harris. It is a very interesting one, and uh, I don't know, if if you're not listening, maybe if you're not into politics or, you know, world events, maybe it'd be of no interest. I don't know what the overlap is between people who listen to this and would be interested in Sam Harris, but uh, he's certainly got a lot more to say than than I ever will. Uh, But uh, good stuff. So that was my walk today. I am back once again at Thompson Park. It is, that, that was on my old... Uh, iPhone. Back to the new iPhone. Where are we? It is Monday, uh, February the 5th. And um, yeah, we're here. I I did uh, quite a few steps. I, I'm setting a new trend in terms of this past week. I've walked so much. I, I walked to the point where at the end of the journey, I'm thinking, hmm, maybe I overdid it. I, I, I don't know about that knee. But basically, it's still pain-free, which is uh, which is wonderful. So today has been another just great little day. It started off this morning. My wife took the day off work, and I was very happy that she did because she's really uh, it, it's as I mentioned, it's a tough job, and she's still not well from this crazy cold. Um, and my friend, um, the barstool Buddha Harold, uh, FaceTimed me from uh, his home in uh, Bangkok. So we had a lovely chat getting together. Harold was a person, as I, I've mentioned him before, was very important in my life in terms of that initial formation of this gang that migrated to Vancouver. Um, and uh, Harold is somebody, of course, I've shared uh, chemical trips with. That's a strange way to put it, chemical trips, psychedelics with, I guess, and a lot of hash. And uh, lived in his apartment for quite a while. So a good old friend married a um, uh, a Thai woman. He said he's celebrating his seventh anniversary. Uh, and I thought, that math doesn't work, and it's because they got married on February 29th. So it is, uh, you know, multiply that by four. Um, anyway, uh, so that was a good start to the day. And uh, then I made um, corn fritters again and uh, serve them to my wife and I was ha- glad to make something for her that she wouldn't normally make at all and then on the stove oh my god for two days now she's been making oden and that is this 
Japanese stew of different parts of fish that are constituted into almost a very thick textured things that are oh so tasty and daikon and boiled eggs and you eat that with some hot mustard on the side uh, in a, in this soup and oh my god it's so good it's one of my favorite Japanese foods oden and it's a winter dish uh, they would sell it on the streets in, in Tokyo where they used to um, I, I'm realizing the world I knew is not the same as the world out there now uh, last night we watched a show on I guess the Benin Republic on uh, YouTube my son had picked it and I'm seeing all these fancy hotels and expensive restaurants and things my god I, I, Benin I had to pass through on the way to on the journey to Togo from Nigeria and uh, I think, was it uh, Trump who used the word, these shithole countries? Um, it sort of might have fit into that. Togo was paradise, relatively speaking, especially compared to Nigeria, but uh, the Benin Republic was not uh, not so fancy. Anyway, I realized, oh, yeah, so my memories, oh, yeah, I've been to Benin, yeah, but 40 years ago, things, 40 years, it's been a lot of change. So I think any news I have is uh, is somewhat dated, but hey, it's uh, that's what how history works. Anyway, let's just park that. Um, I'm not going to go on for too long, and I'm definitely not going to do an everyday recording as I did on the last episode. That was just a little bit of an experiment. But um, the sun broke through today. I'm sitting. I got the windows down, and it's blinding. Now, speaking of blinding. These sunglasses I bought that I'm delighted with. I put them on and showed Nalco, and she said, no, no, doesn't suit you. And then I thought, well, I'll get another opinion, and looked at, showed them to my son today and saw how happy I was. They're dark at the top, a little lighter below. I can read the things on my watch or the dashboard. Yeah, these are very cool, nice thick lenses. And he said, yeah, they look kind of like something maybe Paris Hilton might wear. And I don't think that was necessarily an insult, but definitely they look more like women's <laughs> sunglasses. Uh, that makes me like them even more. Yeah, I'll wear whatever fucking sunglasses I want to wear. And uh, so they've been serving me very well on these walks through the park on this bright sunshine. I, I did, again, an extended walk. And uh, you meet dogs along the way and other people. And there's there's quite a few, I'm realizing now... There's quite a few regular people here, not just the walker, who I, of course, greeted with right at the start when I arrived. And uh, I tried to get his name, and he told me half a dozen times, and I and I kept saying, Mohammed? No, Mohammed. And it sounded a little bit like Mohammed. Uh, but again, there was reference to the mosque on Friday and then something else. And they, they, I just cannot decipher the the, uh, the sentences he he puts out there but anyway that's okay we 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 have uh you know uh we have a friendship and then there are i notice there are others now i'm looking at a car parked right across from me and the vape fumes are just pouring out of that vehicle it's just it's incredible the amount of smoke i'm seeing so somebody's getting well lit up i haven't i haven't done that for ages um I have had, on, on a couple of nights just recently, I've had, like, single beer in the fridge, and I'll have one, and boy, 
It's been a real treat. So uh, there's talk. We're almost ready to uh, get back to the only cafe. Hope that's coming up soon. We'll see how things go. Um, so I just had a couple of a couple of notes, things that I wanted to mention. I listened to the Alberta Premier, Danielle Smith, today on uh, interviewed on the news, and she was very calm, not some raging idiot. And a lot of what she said just seemed to make sense to me regarding uh, children needing permission to change their name at school and about, you know, sort of slowing down the, the transgender issues and, and the the changes, top and bottom, she made that reference, until certain ages so that, you know, that people are making it at a time when they've really fully realized the implications and an awful lot of things sounded sensible to me. And I'm saying this because I know when I talk about this political correctness and groupthink, it really would appear that no, 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 you can't say anything nice about Daniel Smith, the premier of Alberta, because Alberta is a crazy redneck state and and all the things. She was on the news because they opened a uh, almost like a, 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 a branch office in... Um, in uh, Ottawa, the way Quebec sort of set up an embassy in Ottawa. And uh, so they want to do the same to say, hey, we're, I mean, they, they're trying to equal, have equal status with Quebec as far as federal regulations and, and having the ear of the federal government goes. So it, it's very strategic what she's doing. But there is a sense that whatever she's had to say about transgender issues, and the same with the premier of New Brunswick, it has to be wrong. And it's just the same way I'm supposed to, you know, despise uh, the lady who wrote the Harry Potter books. I can't remember her name, you know. And, and all these things you're supposed to... No, no, this is a position. Here's the person, here's the position you're supposed to have. And I'm saying, well, let me... I, I don't fully understand yet, but from a little bit I did here, didn't seem anything too outrageous to me. And so I'm just putting that out there. The The problem is... Um, they also had Pierre Polyev on our um, uh, TV news this morning, and he, of course, running wants to be the leader of the Conservative Party and wants to be the next Premier of Canada, and there's a chance we will swing to the right and vote him in. And he gave a law and order speech about no, no more of this, you know, you know, you just automatically out on bail for all these crimes, and then there are repeat offenders and so on, and people going back. And he's, he had a, he made a pointed list of the steps he would take if he was a government on crime. And in particular, the tougher jail sentence, not six months for uh, carjacking, especially if it's for a criminal organization, but three years, you know. And it was a tough on crime bill. And a lot of what I heard, I thought, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, you've heard me going on about, you know, gang warfare and the shootings in the street and and, and the stuff. And, the, and he's making it, seem as if, and it often appears as if, the Trudeau government, the Liberals, are, are kind of soft on crime. And, and and see, I don't want one of these three strikes, you're out, you know, you're locked up forever kind of thing. I don't want to go swing way to the extremes. But I, I would like to see some of the people who seem to be able to, you know, just under house arrest and they're constantly being re-arrested for repeat crimes because they don't know any other way. And so I was almost thinking, okay, yeah, all right. And I'm confessing these things because 
you know, I, I think the Scarborough dude is supposed to be left-leaning and, and, uh, and uh, you know, supporting all the right causes and so on. And uh, I don't know if that's entirely true. I, I've, you know, very early on in my podcasting history, I confess that uh, if I was a young German in the 1930s, I would be uh, a proud Nazi, you know, saluting and waving that flag and, and, and uh, you know, being amazed. And I, I talk about, you know, the, the 1938 National Geographic magazine I have, the Berlin Olympics and the... the um, the banners flying from the buildings and and how the trains run on time and and this movement that the world seems to be moving in now to the right to fascist governments uh, for whatever reason. That, by the way, comes full circle to the piece you just heard uh, about um, the... um, (sighs) political talk on the Sam Harris show... Um, like that was really wow that was uh that was to the point okay so i'm gonna fade out there let's see what we got see if this works oh it's just working through my phone it's not connected to uh to the um speaker because I had the other one connected to the speaker. So that's of course you know that is Miles Okay, Miles Davis. Oh yeah, and then Cannibal Alright, anyway, signing out. Sorry, sorry, sorry. background now other men's girls by baxter jury thanks to my ai dj i'm very pleased with today's selection um just (laughs) you know started off with a ballad by uh, gordon lightfoot which i seldom ever hear and then under my thumb by the stones and then into a lot of stuff like this one i don't know and uh, my favorite or one of my new favorites dancing in a lesbian bar Uh, that's just a great little song So, uh, yeah, this kind of makes me happy. 
It is uh, just past noon. I am at Thompson Park once again. Yes, but it is the best place for the walk because you can leave, go over the bridges, exit the park, and you've got paved trails that go on for miles. And um, I'm, I didn't do a fully extended walk today simply because my left knee for the past three days is starting to say, hey, buddy, you're really using me a lot. Because I set a new record uh, this past week of, you know, really longer walks. Uh, you know, four kilometers. Uh, during the course of the day, I guess, four kilometers. Over 5,000 steps. And uh, so I'm going to be cutting back just a little bit. Let my knee, you know, recover. But uh, anyway, all is well. Today, I dropped my son off and then he... I wouldn't say, well, he kind of scolded me. You know, did you get something for mom yet? You know, her birthday tomorrow. And um, I'm saying, yeah, yeah, I'm stopping at the Sheridan Nursery on the way home. Yeah, well, don't just think about it, do it. And I did it. Now, I gotta say, Sheridan Nursery is well known. It's on television quite often. They advertise. It's a huge nursery in Scarborough and it's, you know, heavily staffed. I didn't have a single person come up to me to see if I needed help. And I saw, you know, people, staff talking amongst themselves, at least three people, four people, wandering the stores. And I was going from place to place, picking up plants, looking at them. I would have thought somebody, can I help you, sir? Is there something in particular you're looking for? Now, I did find a house plant, which was my son's suggestion, not flowers, which we've done before, and, you know, they wither and die. These are quite nice. They're red. It was on a whole shelf. That was all about, I love you. Um, at the end, I was looking towards the pink for a change and realized, no, I don't, I don't see my wife having anything pink anywhere. It's just not one of her colors. I mean, like most Japanese, black is a favorite, black, white. Uh, but white in terms of flowers, I know, has been in the past symbolized death, and so I avoid anything white. So this is, it's kind of nice. There's uh, two different kinds of plants in there. Uh, a lot of, a whole lot of tiny red flowers. It's quite nice in a big red vase. That, and then some, what have we got here? Uh, some of the nice Lindor, a new limited edition dark strawberry. Irresistibly smooth. Dark chocolate shell with a delectably smooth strawberry-flavored center. Oh, yeah. So, that was a no-brainer. So, that's that's what we're going to do. Um, she will be on her birthday in the hospital for a procedure. So, uh, it's not a day that she's going to want to uh, be celebrating going out to dinner or anything else. So, we're just going to leave it at that. And I hope... I've done a better job than usual. <sighs> I don't think I've got a whole lot more to say, and I see the batteries are really ready to cut out any minute now. Gonna have to have. I, I usually carry backups. They're all on the road trek now, so we'll do that. And um, I guess that's about it. I, oh no, 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 no! I did make a few notes. Uh, here's one thing: I was walking through the park did my extended walk out around the back over a bridge and there's some great big trees there beautiful and I saw eh, four maybe five four guys East Indian clearly 
And uh, they were kind of, you know, laughing and joking around. Uh, okay, that's fine. I don't know what they're doing on the grass. They weren't walking like everybody else, but they're there. And um, I had hoped, my first thought was, is somebody being hurt? You know, is it a ganging, uh, ganging up on somebody? It just, you know, crossed my mind. I, my mind goes that way. I watch too much news. I'm reading detective novels. I'm thinking the worst. And I thought, nah, nah, nah. So I just kept walking. But I, I turned to look back, and I see a fire. And they've written a fire on, lit, 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 lit a fire under the tree. Not big, but I mean, big enough that I can see it from the distance. Big flames. And I think, eh, that's not right, but what do I do? And I saw another guy doing his walk, a normal-looking person, walking. And as he approached me, I looked in the direction of the fire. And I think I said something like, should we just let it go? And he very quickly, without hesitation, sure, and just kept walking. And that was it. He didn't want to engage in conversation he didn't want anything to do with it. And I and I said, okay. And I took that as a sign. Yeah, maybe just let it. They, they weren't trying to set the tree on fire, I'm sure. They were, who knows what they were doing out there. Uh, I don't think they were. They, they were certainly not juveniles, and they weren't about to cut the tree down or anything. So I guess that was the right thing to do. And then... Just as I was leaving, I saw a City of Toronto truck going by because they've got a yard here. And I thought, oh, I should maybe just mention here. About an hour ago, I saw a fire under a tree there. I don't know if you guys want to check it out. But uh, he put his foot to the floor and sped out of the park, and that was that. So what would you have done? Would you have turned around and reported it? Would you have gone and approached the four guys, four or five guys, and said, hey, you can't do that in my park? Uh, I, I think I did the right thing by just letting it go. I don't think there was anything beyond that. Sextortion. Oh, my God. How tragic. I, I talk about tragic things because that's what you see on the news. But this is this is the worst. This There's a poor 14-year-old kid out in B.C. who thought he was engaged in conversation with a girl who was leading him on, and she asked for some nude pics. And 14 years old, your hormones are going, maybe he's going to get some in exchange, or maybe he already did. You know, there were some fake ones sent to him. Yeah, this is me. <sighs> Show me your penis. And uh, he did. And then the sextortion comes in. All right, send me more, or I'm going to share this right across social media, and, you know, and tell your parents and so on. Uh, it turned out it was some guy in Nigeria. I hate it when Nigeria makes the news in a bad way, but uh, so be it. Um, and the boy committed suicide. And his parents are devastated. They've, the man in Nigeria was, they tracked it down to, uh, you know, whatever they do. And uh, he's in jail now in Nigeria, and I don't think he's going to be doing too well. But it's just the, the, number, the things people do to hurt others for money. It's just, and I, you know, I don't know how you even begin to solve that. We're talking here of like minimal basic income for everybody. If you're not earning any more than this, here's your supplement, and everybody gets it. And so, there's, you know, you, 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 wouldn't be, you wouldn't be rich. You still might miss a meal here and there, but uh, you wouldn't have to go out of your way to get money and, and would it solve any problems I don't know uh, teenagers holding up swords and there's a smash and grab has caught on started in the states and of course it catches on here I'm yes I'm blaming American culture 
go in with your hoods on and your, your masks and with hammers, in this case maybe a gun, you wave, smash the glass, grab the stuff, run out of a, of a, a store in the middle of the day knowing you can just escape, just run like hell and escape. And uh, teenagers, you know, stealing cars. I know, I know, I, I suppose you're getting sick of this. Is this what I do every single episode? And it seems to be, but it's it's just, it saddens me in the real world. And I guess maybe I should, maybe I should stop. Maybe I should stop. That just happened to be what I had, what was going on in my head today. And uh, now I've shared it with you and I, and I probably owe you an apology because you probably didn't want that in your head. And then people are going to start saying, fuck that Scarborough dude. I'm not listening to that shit. Every day the guy tells me something shitty going on. Who the fuck needs that, man? And I get that. I get that. So I apologized uh, for using... Jesus Christ, in unpleasant ways. And now I'll apologize for sharing too much nasty news. All right. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's fade out with something a little happier. Let's, uh, let's just see where we are. The Lost Highway, Hank Williams. Of course he knew um, I'd want to be listening to Hank Williams. What do I do here? Is there a way of going back? There should be a way of... Uh, of um, keeping showing my record come on now dj show me everything you've played um that's up next i don't want to oh shit okay we'll see what this is in the days of william bunny better known as bill the kid a young cowboy named joey steel was about to make his bid well, he heard one day that Bill the Kid had just rode into town. And if he could take him, he would be the fastest gun around. He was just a kid of 17, but he had a lightning hand. And he said, it's time I show the world that I become a man. Everyone thinks Billy is the fastest gun It kind of fits in with what I was talking about, teenagers stealing cars. When they see me shooting down. They finally came together down on Main Street just at five. The people were all gathered, wondering who'd be left alive. Billy knew that Joey wanted notches on his gun. And he wished that he could give him those he carved upon his own. Joey's hand went to his side. He was sure that he had one. But before he that in the background. Uh, that is called St. Thomas by uh, Sonny Rollins. And that is on the uh, Bebop Classics playlist that I've put on. I really, uh, I kind of like it. A lot of good stuff here. And, uh, you know, all the usual names you would have heard. Ben Webster, Jet Baker, uh, Brubeck again, Miles Davis, John Coltrane, Charles Mingus, Dizzy Gillespie, a lot of good stuff here. But uh, anyway, I'm uh, going to just, you know, that's in the background. Now that we've got Spotify. Um, speaking of music, uh, John Meadows, when we had coffee the other day, turned me on to somebody called Abigail DeVoe. 
Uh, that's D-E-V-O-E, and she you can find her easily on YouTube. Uh, she does album reviews, and she goes into the past, and boy, talk about Dig Deep. They're all about 30 minutes, a little over. Uh, and of course, the first one I went to, oh, she's doing Love, Forever Changes. Well, you know that album, because uh, that's the one I talked about on that other, you know, uh, channel program about music. Now, I talked in a very superficial way about what it meant to me, you know, what, at the time. She dug into the whole history of the recording and, you know, who was playing when and where and why and how uh, at a level that I just, you know, I just can't fathom. I mean, it's holy shit, where do you get all this? And, and you've got to know something about music. So I, I, was in, I was impressed with what she had done. And then she goes into really analyzing, pulling apart some of the lyrics and the meaning of the songs, which I couldn't do. I mean, I, I guessed a lot of stuff. I mean, there's a lot of anti-war kind of feeling about it, but it was... It was dark. There was a lot of sadness, unhappiness in the album. That, but whereas the music sort of lifts you up, uh, the lyrics take you down. Uh, but anyway, it was very, very well done. So if you're interested in that album, Love Forever Changes, which to me is my Desert Island choice. Um, and it's the one that just keeps coming back. Didn't do much at the time. And then it's everybody finds, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's the one. Uh, lucky enough for me, a friend turned me on to it way back then. Uh, in probably, you know, it was it was out in '67. I probably knew about it in '68, '69, I guess. Uh, anyway, um, she also did uh, Blonde on Blonde, and holy shit, wow, did another masterful job taking apart that album, which is her favorite Dylan. Which a lot of I don't think a lot of people would pick Blonde on Blonde for their favorite, but she did. Uh, goes back to when she was younger, first hearing it, and again picks apart the lyrics and and the stories behind them. So very very well done. Highly recommended Abigail DeVoe for her uh, album reviews. She does one every Monday, and it's they're always. Oh, the other one I watched was uh, T Rex um, Electric Warrior. And that also was interesting, Mark Boland, of course, that whole story. So a lot of a lot of stuff I've got to go back and dig more. And again, it's this whole thing of holy shit, there is so much stuff out there to uh, to enjoy and appreciate. So uh, that's what uh, I'll continue to do. Now, uh, today's my wife's birthday. I just dropped her off at the hospital. Bad timing, but uh, that's the way it goes. And. Um, so I did get her something. I did go, I, I don't know if I mentioned the previous clip, I went into Sheridan Nurseries and, and found a plant, which was nice enough, you know, red flowers and, you know, <laughs> just give it a little sunlight and it'll continue to show you these red flowers. I uh, knew not to buy pink. But I did not like the whole shopping experience, and I meant to talk about that. Nobody asked if they could help me. Um... Somebody, when I asked a question, gave me an answer, and then when I went to pay, no, you got to pay at the, you know, the uh, outdoor uh, cash at the very end of the shop, and I had to walk the length of the store down these aisles because there was only one way to go there and then circle away and come back up, the way they make you do in Canadian Tire and other places, so you can browse as you're waiting in line at the cash and maybe buy one more last-minute item. I hate it. I hate that system. 
but anyway, I was forced to do that. One hand on my walk, and one hand holding this plant. So it bothered me. And last night as I was trying to sleep and waking up, I kept rehearsing in my mind, as I've told you I sometimes do, conversations. And this was going to be what I was going to tell the manager. Like, I was going to go back and complain. Not ask for my money back. No, no. Nothing wrong with the plant. It was just the whole shopping experience. Why didn't anybody ask? Why was it that nobody said, oh, it's a gift. Oh, okay, let's take the price tag off because that's the first thing the uncle saw when she lifted out of the bag. Oh, you paid this much? Had it been, you know, oh, a gift for your wife. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, we can help you. Well, how about one of these or something, you know, and then they would have taken that off. But I didn't get that kind of service. So it bothered me, and I was up during the night repeatedly going over what I would say. What was my beef? How was was I going to freeze it? And um, so I told my son about it this morning. He said, Dad, what the hell? It's not like that anymore. You can't expect somebody getting minimum wage to give you service. Forget it. Those days are gone. And he really has almost a cynical view of the world we live in and the present-day Canada. And I said, but no, Sheridan Nursery is not like Canadian Tire. It, it's, it was known for its quality service. It had TV spots. It was really something where you could expect to get very good service from people who know their stuff. They're not just minimum wage employees. Dad, it's ridiculous. You know, you, you can't ask for that. You won't get that service. So anyway... I was determined more than ever then, on the way back after dropping him off at uh, Scarborough Town Center, to go back in and ask for the manager. And I did. And the manager came out, and I told him exactly, pretty well what I just told you, why I was not happy about it. And he listened patiently. And I think it struck a note with him. Uh, He understood. He said, first of all, yes, somebody should have helped you carry that to the cash for you, you know. And, you know, talked about COVID, that people were keeping a distance anyway, but they've recovered from that, and, and they, maybe there's some retraining needing involved. But I know for sure, because he looked around, he said, oh, it's the same staff that's on today. I know for sure he was going to call up and talk to the staff about a customer complaining for not getting the service that he expected. So it wasn't wasted, you know. <laughs> And uh, here I am sharing that with you. So um, that's it. That's all I want to say about that. And I think that's all I want to say about anything right now. Um, Here we got some Dizzy Gillespie Blue and Boogie. I don't don't know how much of this stuff I really want to listen to. You know, it's it's just a little listen, a little too peppy. Whoa, hey, boy. Uh, Maybe it put some uh, pep in my step again, but uh, I don't know. Meanwhile, I'm parked at St. Andrew's Cemetery, and I wasn't going to go for a walk, but my milk was going to be at least a couple of hours. So I think I'm going to have to get out of here and go, even though it's a little cold, go take my walk at uh, Thompson Park once more. So uh, that's just me getting caught up and uh, sharing with you. The other thing I did last night when I woke up was trying to solve the solution to the uh, Ian Rankin novel, Knots and Crosses, the first one of Inspector Rebus. I, I was, I'd wake up with a solution to the problem. Now, I, it turns out I was all wrong, but my brain gets very active at night. There is a lot of REM time, always over an hour, you know, dreaming. And again, these are active, vivid dreams, I recall. 
And um, in this case, each time I woke up, I was going over the story and okay, what, who was the who was the murderer? You know, and, and why was he doing it, and why should we have known he was the murderer? Uh, it turns out I was completely wrong, but it's just when you got your mind is doing that, it's really hard to shut down and get back to uh, get back to sleep. But uh, I managed to do that. You want? You, yeah, you want my sleep stats, don't you? Okay, last night. Let's see now. I got actually time of sleep. Wow, eight hours and one minute. I was actually in bed for nine hours ten minutes. Slept eight hours and one minute. Uh, only two minutes of deep sleep. Uh, an hour and two minutes of REM. But uh, a good almost seven hours core, so that's good. But a week, 50 minutes. Like, that's a, that's a lot of time to wake up during the night. Uh, when I used to, you know, up until a few months ago, sleep right through, you know, right until 7, 7.30, in the morning. But uh, anyway, all right. I think maybe, okay, here's the point. I think maybe the fact that I'm keeping track of my sleep Maybe interfering with my sleep, maybe stressing me a little when I wake up. Oh damn it! I'm going to be losing time. I, I got to get back to sleep. Uh, and I try doing. I do my old transcendental meditation mantra. I, I'll try something. I've got to get back to sleep because I'm very aware that I'm keeping track of it. So I think maybe. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm not going to stop because it's too much fun. Scarborough dude signing off from uh, the Thompson or not the Thompson Park, but. Uh, the cemetery, St. Andrew's Cemetery, here on St. Andrew's Road, my favorite little detour. Bye for now. that up, but uh, no, we're going to just put that in the background. I've only got seven minutes left, and so I just want to uh, get on with things. I'm in Thompson Park yet once again. I've decided it is the place to go to because I realized on my walk today, there are several people I'm seeing again and again, regulars, uh, you know. And like one old guy with a dog, and the dog is just a bit wild. It, it's um, it just barks a lot. It's not well trained, and uh, the owner is a bit like his dog, uh, but in a nice way. Just a nice old guy, but it's like he and his dog. That's his world. They're best buddies, and uh, it's it's just a nice thing. And I, I've stopped and talked with him, and the dog comes up to you know. Uh, and then if a, a bicycle goes by, the dog goes crazy, you know. It's just, it's just nice. It's nice. And another guy bobs along, and my friend, of course, uh, you know, the walker, we talk again. It's just, it's a little community. And I, and the thing is, I'm part of it. I'm the, I'm the only guy pushing a stroller up the hills. But it's, uh, it's fun. And it's nice, and it's just generally good vibes and friendly. So, uh, there you go. That is why. I come back to uh, Thompson Park time and again, and uh, will uh, you know 
So, um, all right, listen, uh, I drove my son into work and I told him, hey, guess what I did? I went to Sheridan Nursery, as I told you in the previous clip, and I actually asked to see the manager and told him that I was not happy about the service I got and I expected more. And the manager was very nice about it, you know, and they, we, we talked and it was, it was I'm, I'm glad I did. I think I might have mentioned that. But my son thought, Dad, you're crazy. Like, what world do you live in? These are people on minimal wage. They don't give a shit. That's your white privilege that you're just showing off. You just, it was your ego. You, and he really lit into me like, wow, I did a stupid, dumb thing. I wasted everybody's time. And it really did make me realize, wow, there are points where my son's view of the world and my view of the world are very, very different. This is my younger son. Uh, my elder son, I just found out, didn't even know. He's in Ottawa today. I had no idea. I mean, this is a Vancouver base. Like, oh, tripped Ottawa? So I thought I told you. But it's nice. He'll be having uh, lunch with my sister and probably my brother. So uh, that's good. But uh, my younger son has, a, has a, a different view, outlook on the world, uh, maybe a little more cynical. And uh, he he sort of holds it in comparison to what he thinks the world I grew up with was like when I grew up and how much easier it was for us boomers. Uh, and I think he's largely correct on that. But it was a real difference of opinion on, on my going. And I, and I just sort of shrugged in the end. Hey, well, that's what I did. It made me feel better. And, uh, and maybe that was his point. Like, yeah, it made you feel better. But, you know, nothing's going to change. Why did you even bother? And uh, they don't care. And I said, well, I just hold, I hold Sheridan Nurseries at a higher standard than I do Canadian Tire or Walmart. I would never complain in one of those stores. I, I would never expect any more of them. This place I did, but anyway, because it's part of the community. But anyway, 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 it's not important, is it? <laughs> um, one car is stolen every five minutes in Canada. They finally got all levels of government together to say, hey, I think we got to do something about this. Hire some people. Like the idea that somebody can steal the car, okay, that's one thing. Just take it off out of your driveway and, you you know, they're filmed on camera very often and the alarms go on. They just get it out of there. And next thing you know, it is in a container and it is on a ship going for uh, Nigeria or Saudi Arabia or somewhere. Um, and the fact that it's not tracked along the way that they don't have a system in place where, you know, hey, wait a minute, you don't just put cars on containers on ships without people being paid off. Anyway, I've talked about that too, so I'm just going to let that go. But I'm, I'm glad to know the things that I've been complaining about, in particular this idea of, targeting the East Asian community, uh, people just like pay up. And, and they say, oh, well, it's only businesses we do this to. And if you don't pay up, we're going to shoot at your house. And they had video of people standing outside a house just firing bullets into it just to tell the owner, hey, you didn't pay yet. And hope that the others realize that, hey, if you don't pay, you know, your children could be next. This, this is just intolerable. This is wrong. I know I apologize going on about the bad news, but this is fundamentally something that has to be changed. There has to be more law and order brought back. And I know, oh, you can't say those words. Um, by the way, that is why today I picked up the case for cancel culture. Uh, I was delighted to find it at my local library. Um, how this democratic tool works to liberate us all. 
by uh, Ernest Owens. So I, that was a great little find. It's just it's brand new, and it was very close to I guess in the shelf above. Zen in the Age of Anxiety, Wisdom for Navigating Our Modern Lives by uh, Tim Burkett. So I thought those two were terrific. I, I posted a picture of both those books, hoping one doesn't cancel out the other. Um, it's just wonderful having your local library. And this is my local Bendale branch, which I, I just, I love it. How long have we got? Oh, my God, we're almost out of time here. Was there something else on my note list? Um my privilege, no, Sheridan, car stolen. I, I do think, yeah, I'm sorry, you need longer jail terms. What are you going to do about jail? I mean, how many, you know, it's crazy. Like, what, does it change anything or just make people worse? Do you have to have more stringent jail conditions? Hey, I, I'm for boot camps. No, man, you know, here it is. You're going to do hard work. You're going to be up. You're going to be getting fresh air, good meals, but you're going to be doing... Uh, you're going to be doing something, you know, with your time. Uh, it's not just hanging out in the cell and uh, plotting revenge. So, I don't know. I, I guess I'm beginning to sound like some right-wing fanatic, and uh, I, I don't think that is who I am. But um, we'll see. I don't know. Maybe I've just. Maybe it's just, I wrote down the notes, maybe it's just old man syndrome. It's just uh, starting to take over. Scarborough Dude, uh, just about to sign out. I don't know what the hell we got going on here. What's this? Uh, the DJ said we're going to shake it up a bit. He certainly did. Hey, Carl, go! 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 We got to go! Santa Gold closing out that set.